Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey everyone, it's John Chapman and we're back. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and I can't wait to talk about our subject for today, 401k accounts. I've got some fun stats that I want to run through, then some egregious errors that I hope you avoid. And then I've got some encouragement, some tips and tricks. And I'm also going to go through a couple of examples so we can nerd out on some dollar figures. So a lot to go through today. I I was tempted to add even more content in here, but we'll just have to have more shows on this. Here's the deal. The 401k is likely going to be one of your biggest assets as you get older. And um, let me just give you some history and, and so we know how we got here. Thanks to a good Google search, I looked when the first 401k was created, and it was signed into law by Congress in 1978, 1978. So effectively, 401ks have been around for about 40 years. And then I was also doing some research. I just wanted to get a sense of what the size and scope of the retirement landscape is right now and how many dollars are floating around out there. So I went to the Department of Labor website and was looking through some statistics. Guess how much money is in 401k assets right now? $6 trillion. Trillion with a T, as in for Tom. Pretty wild. $6 trillion. So in 40 years, there's $6 trillion just in 401k accounts alone. So that doesn't include 403Bs, IRA accounts. And so if you put all of these things together, the total retirement money landscape right now is $28 trillion. Wow, that's crazy. Crazy to have that accumulate over just a 40-year period. But I'm sure a lot of that has to do with compounding, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. But the reason part of why this is so important, and you've heard about it before, I've talked about it briefly on this show, the burden is on you, my friend. You have to save and invest. You cannot count on a pension, unless you work for the government, and if so, mm, cool you. Social Security, sure, it might be there. It's probably going to be there for our parents, but for us, eh, just not something to count on. Um, could you get an inheritance? Yeah, that'd be cool too. But again, we can't count on that. You, know, you don't know what life's going to be like in the future. So uh, because of all of these factors, the 401k, again, is probably going to be one of your largest assets aside from things like real estate or aside from maybe if you're going to be a small business owner or if you become an executive, and, and in which case you're going to be getting a ton of company stock. And, and if that's the case, great for you. So let's see, where are we going to start here? So part of the power of the 401k and what makes it awesome and why we need to focus on it is because first, it automatically gets deducted from your paycheck, meaning you have to do very little. So there's a low barrier to entry. There's very little friction on this. And that happens a lot of times just behind the scenes with your HR and employer. Um, The second really cool thing is that it's tax deferred, which means you're not paying taxes each year on dividends, interest, or gains. And it compounds. And you know the famous quote from Albert Einstein, which is, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. 
and he is totally spot on. But there's also a lot of confusion that's out there. Um, I want to jump into that now and just talk from the very beginning, from the get-go. Let's talk about the company match and how it works, and then we'll move on with our show. Okay, let's get started. Company match. Let's start with a really easy easy example. Let's say you make $100,000 per year. And let's say the company offers you a match, let's say 50% up to the first 6%. It's fairly common, just 50% up to the first 6%. So that means in order for you to get all of this free money, I'm using air quotes here, you know, free money from the company, you need to put in at least 6%. If you do that off of 100000 that's $6,000 a year or $500 a month or $250 per pay period. <laughs> so you're putting in $6,000. Your company is going to match, again, the reminder, 50% up to six. So 50% of your 6,000 is 3,000. So in my base example, somebody earning 100K with these contribution percentages, they're gonna be able to put in $9,000, that's six of your own plus three of the company, and into the 401K. It's decent, it's not bad. You know, as a target and reminder, we wanna be shooting towards 15% in retirement savings each year. For high income earners who are maxing out their 401k, you need to be saving from uh, equity comp or other sources there to get to that 15% target. So this guy at $9,000, it's decent. At least it's not zero. Let's compare that. Still, we're talking about company match, and then we're going to move on into egregious mistakes here. Uh, Company match. What if your income is much higher? Let's use a different example. Let's say you're a total baller. You make $300,000 a year in salary plus bonus, not counting equity compensation. Salary plus bonus. Let's say that's $300,000 a year. The first thing you need to remember is that you're capped at putting in $19,000 per year if you're under age 50. So just an effort to figure out what your contribution percentage is, that's just 6.5% of your salary plus bonus. So that 19000 is 6.5% of your three hundred grand. And let's say, let's use the example above, you know, 50% up to 6%. Your, your company would be able to also put in about $8,000. So your total 401k contribution per year would be 27,000. That's 19 from you and eight from your company. And that's pretty dope. Now that's still under our 15% target, but still that that's pretty cool. So let's, let's pause there and now start talking about some egregious mistakes. Obviously the first egregious mistake is not contributing at all. I mean, that sounds pretty basic, and most companies automatically enroll you, but I still just need to bring it up. Maybe if not for your benefit, but but, but for your, your friends or family members, people that you're talking to. Unfortunately, I know a very close friend who initially started a job a few years ago thinking it was going to be temporary, maybe just a six-month or one-deal gig, never signed up for the 401k, and then... He stayed there. He, he forgot. He got used to the paycheck that was coming in and the lifestyle in which he was spending. And then it was just too hard to reintroduce the 401k. And boom, five years has gone by with nothing to show for it in a 401k. Ouch. That is not cool. So just ensure, ensure for you, your friends, maybe your spouse, that you are taking advantage of the 401k to some extent. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, Another egregious mistake is to be contributing too quickly. 
What do I mean here? Let's take that guy that makes $300,000 a year, salary and bonus again. If he's not careful, he might be missing out on company match. Let's give some examples. Let's pretend this guy has, um, let's say he's gotten a promotion, you know, so he's been working at a company for a few years. He had set his 401k contributions at 10%. And then he got this huge promotion. Now he's making $300,000 a year. Well, 300, 10% of 300 grand is $30,000. That's way more than the $19,000 at your max. So if he's just willy-nilly going throughout the course of the year, after just seven months from January to July, he would have maxed his 401k in the first seven months of the year, leaving the other months of the year to be unaccounted for. And under this scenario, if there's five months that you're not contributing and not getting the company match, and in my example, the company match is worth about $750 a month, five times 750, that's $3,750, almost $4,000 that you are missing out on. Yikes. Let's talk about keeping more money in your pocket, man. So yeah, make sure that as you are crushing it and your income rises, that actually you're not over-contributing because you're going to be missing out on a lot of free money. Let's talk about two more totally egregious things. Taking a loan out of your 401k. Oof, this one might sting a little bit. And it's probably real basic and um, maybe half of the group listening will never have to worry about taking a 401k loan out. So kudos to you. But uh, hey, I recognize Life happens. It can throw a curveball at you. Maybe even for the guy who's got a good emergency fund, uh, pardon my French, shit could hit the fan. And so they might be tempted to go into the 401k. If that's the ultimate case and it's the last scenario, then I guess that, that happens. But for the most part, taking a loan out of your 401k is totally off the table as an option because it can lead to my fourth egregious thing, which is paying taxes on early distributions. I know of a, actually, this is an old client of mine that had taken out a $50,000 loan from their 401k. That's the max that you're eligible to take out. And they were using that to pay off some car and pay off some education debts for one of their children. And uh, six months later, reduction in force, he gets laid off. He had $45,000 on an outstanding loan that got converted into a withdrawal, and that was an early withdrawal. So he had to pay ordinary income taxes plus a 10% penalty. We're talking almost a 40% tax hit to that $45,000. Ouch, that was not a good experience. So uh, the last thing is um, just simply taking a withdrawal or distribution because, again, you're paying ordinary income taxes plus a 10% penalty on that money for anyone under the age 60, and uh, that's terrible. So with all that, let's shift gears and talk about some of the suggestions, some of the fun stuff. So first suggestion, obviously this goes without saying, always do enough to get the company match. If you're not maxing out, the next thing is is if you're not maxing out your 401k, the the $19,000, then I challenge you to raise the contribution amount 1% per year. Let's say you're putting in a 5 or 6% right now, enough to get the match, but not maxing it. 
then I challenge you January 1st or whenever you get promoted or a raise again, go into your contributions and increase that 1%. The reason for that, and I'll give Fidelity Investments credit for this, they came out with this, is because you won't feel that necessarily on your next paycheck. It'll be too hard to feel, and that way you can incorporate a higher amount of savings without it disrupting your lifestyle right now. And that's a great way to slowly introduce more savings over time. Uh, the next suggestion is targeting that 15% uh, retirement savings. I guess when I say the word retirement, in this case, especially for my high earners, we're going to use that broadly. Uh, obviously, you're if you're making $300,000 a year, you're going to be fully maxing out your 401k. So you're not saving into technical 401k retirement accounts. But you, you need to, at $300,000 a year, 15% is $45,000. So that $45,000 needs to be part let's say equity comp and part 401k or just cash bonus savings, whatever it is. Another suggestion to consider is Roth contributions inside the 401k. Now, there's some heated debate within the financial world about Roth 401ks or maybe even just Roth in general. I know for one, uh, Rick Edelman, you might have heard of him. He's a super popular on PBS and elsewhere. Rick Edelman, um, his company merged with Financial Engines a few years ago. Obviously, brilliant guy. He has his own reasons for this, but he is a hater of the Roth, <laughs> and I totally disagree with him. Uh, what do I know? Well, let me give you an example of why I disagree. So the Roth, even if you're in a high tax bracket right now, paying some of the taxes on your contributions to the 401k has a huge benefit down the line. Let me give you an example. Let's say uh, you uh, aren't paying attention. You do no Roth contributions. You get to your retirement and you got $3 million in the 401k. That's pretty dope, right? Well, no. Assuming a 30% tax bracket, <laughs> you've got $900,000 in deferred tax liability. So your $3 million, eh, that's really just almost $2.1 well, that's That's an insane difference. So let's compare that. Let's say even at retirement, let's say in my example, even if you have less in savings because you've paid a little bit in taxes over the, over the years and you have $2.5 million in retirement savings, but of that $2.5, $500,000 is in a tax-free Roth then $2 million is in your standard pre-tax 401k. Well, at the 30% tax rate off the $2 million, um, that's really in your pocket. You've got $1.4 million. So the $1.4 million after-tax money plus your $500,000, that's a total of $1.9 million. Okay, $1.9 million. We're only $200,000 off from the other guy, but we've paid a significant less amount in taxes. In my hypothetical example, I know it's not perfect, but hopefully you're seeing the power of this. You can have even less at retirement, but given the fact that you've paid a little bit of taxes over time, plus all the compound free, uh, the compounding growth within a tax-free account, man, it is freaking powerful. So you can see it gets me pumped up. Uh, let's start talking numbers. I've already given you a bunch of examples, and I'm sure if you're doing the dishes or on your drive home, it's probably hard to keep track of some of this, but you're smart. You, you can deal with it. Um, let me, instead of, you know, it's too hard to figure out how much you'd have, uh, like just in, in a generic scenario. So I want to do an exercise where we, we figure out what's the upper end 
of what somebody saving for 30 or 40 years would ever be possible to put into a 401k. So because there are up, upside limits, there's maximum limits, let's just do a very quick thought experiment. And let's pretend that you come right out of school, maybe, maybe you get your MBA or whatever, and you're 25, and you save and work for 40 years, you work until you're 65, and let's pretend you max out your 401k. For 40 years, you put in 19000 you get some company match, let's say it's $6,000, so you're putting in $25,000 for 40 years. Let's bust out this financial calculator and do this equation together. Present value, let's pretend that's zero. Contributions per year, that's $25,000. Uh, the amount of years in time, so that's 40 years. How much will you have in the future? Uh, let's do two different return assumptions. Let's say if you do this scenario at a 5% interest rate or compounded growth rate, you'd have $3 million. And at 7%, interest or growth rate over that time, you'd have $5 million. Wow. That is absolutely crushing it. So just so we have some framework here and some context, unlikely to ever see anybody with more than maybe $5 million. I'm sure it's possible, but highly unlikely. So here's what's more insane. Because of compound interest, let's consider how much you actually put in of that $5 million. Okay, so you put in $19,000. For 40 years, quick math, $760,000. Okay, 760 grand <laughs> out of 5 million. Your company put in the $6,000 for 40 years. They put in 240000 So combined, that's only $1 million. You've had $4 million in this example of compounding growth. Come on. If that's not an endorsement for compound growth, I don't know what is. Now, I recognize might be unlikely to get to that $5 million. So let's just do another quick example here to give you some framework. Uh, let's pretend that you put in $20,000. Maybe that's a little bit of you and a little bit of the company. Let's say in total, total contributions are $20,000. And let's shorten the time frame. Let's say 30 years instead of 40. So you've got 30 years with $20,000. At 5%, you'd have $1.3 million. And at 7%, you'd have 1.8 million. Wow. Still some really impressive numbers. Sure, it's not 5 million, but very impressive. And that's probably going to make up a large portion of your total net worth in the future. So boom, guys, we covered it. It's been 20 minutes. Thanks for <laughs> going through all that. We covered a lot. Here's a quick recap. Start early, save often, don't trade too much, and just put that money away and then get out of the freaking way. With that, guys, good luck. Crush it out there. And we'll see you back next week. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.